Welcome to Wilderness Outreach Mancast. My name is John. I'm here tonight with my brothers Raymond and Michael and Father Christian DiCarlo. Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality, where we will be hunting for the meaning of manhood, tracking down the intersection of faith and science, uncovering true leadership, searching for the deep meaning of the history of God's created universe. So strap on your hiking boots and your backpack, grab your compass and your map, and let's get rolling. Name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you very much for this opportunity to be together tonight and speak about how you work in our lives and called us to be great, to be holy, and to be rooted and grounded in you to further your kingdom. Please bless this conversation and our time together and all those who will uh, be a part of this evening. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right. We're going around the horn here a little bit. We'll start with uh, Ray Raymond Newsom. And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Raymond. Where'd you come from? And a little bit about your faith and uh, how you ended up here on the Mancast. All righty. Um, got to break it up a little bit. Uh, well, I um, grew up in Tennessee. Um, and uh, it's been quite a journey up till now. Um, always love the outdoors. Uh, always uh, seeking out the cradle Catholic. Um, and, uh, you know, grew up going to uh, school in the you know, Catholic school, elementary, high school. And then uh, broke free, uh, went to the University of Tennessee and uh, college. And uh, uh, just pretty much from there, um, uh, Still stay in touch with my faith, but started to kind of wander, explore the world, um, and ended up uh, going to the mountains and, and, you know, seeking something more out of life. And um, and God was, I feel like God was calling me um, to a, a different experience. Um, so ended up, um, you know, graduating from Tennessee and uh, headed west. I had some adventures in between, um, and, uh, lived out in Colorado. And then, um, yeah, just, uh, I kind of, kind of fell away at the church and ended up, um, kind of going to some non-denominational churches, Christian churches. And then, um, uh, lo and behold, I ended up, um, uh, uh, introduced to this book from the pastor from the church, uh, wild at heart and so that was back in like 2004 and it's kind of crazy that how things have kind of circled back around um but by uh, to uh fast forward to 2015 16 i met john bradford at uh that man is you um in uh, columbus ohio uh in ic uh, and ended up uh, ever since there kind of moving straight ahead and not looking back um, and looking, uh, back to, you know, past, you know, six, seven years, um, my life has completely changed. Um, a lot of answers out in the wilderness after, uh, about five expeditions. The first one was in California and, uh, that one changed my life. Um, and so I've been continually seeking, um, and, uh, here I am. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of remember that first time I met you. You were in the that room. There was like, as I'm recalling, there were sixty to eighty men sitting in that uh, that room that I gave the wilderness outreach presentation in. And uh, I think uh, uh, out of those eighty men that were sitting in there, uh, seventy eight of them got scared and left. And, uh, <laughs> and this guy came from the back of the room, uh, looking kind of big and tough and, uh, no hair. Right. And, uh, he comes right at me and looks me in the eye and says, I'm in. And that, that was Ray. And, uh, yeah, it's a good introduction. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. so, so yeah, so we'll, we'll go, we'll, get back in there because there's some interesting things that happened but that maybe it's a good segue because 
in 2016, we were up in the, up the, is it 15 or 16? I'm trying to remember. I think it was, I think it was 16. Okay. Yeah. Some, so, so Michael Davis sitting there looking up in the sky, trying to remember, you know, so what, I mean, isn't that, don't they train you in the FBI, Michael, that if you look up to the left, you're trying to access memory. And if you look up to the right, you're trying to access uh, imagination and make something up. Is that the way that is? So, so anyway, <laughs> so Michael, uh, if you, if you would, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, where you come from and what you're up to and how you ended up here tonight? Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, originally from Oklahoma and then, uh, traveled around, I've been, uh, yeah, so, uh, raised in Oklahoma, went in the military, uh, became Catholic, you know, converted while I was in the service and then, uh, frankly, <laughs> oddly enough in Germany, right, landed Luther and then, uh, you know, got out and just, uh, continued my faith, um. And then uh, years later, married uh, a couple of kids, and then I ran into Bradford and his ministry, Wilderness Outreach. And uh, that's been huge um, for me as far as uh, yeah, I'm thinking 2015, yeah, going out in the wilderness um, with you guys down in uh, Ansel Adams. And uh, that was uh, a powerful experience for me in a lot of ways. Um, and then just something that I was like, I need to, I need to continue to plug into that. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so my, my journey with you guys in this ministry and Wilderness Outreach, and um, uh, obviously uh, during that trip, we, we we talked about this book, you know, The Way of the Wild Heart, uh, which was for me, um, opened up a lot of things for me, right? Kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the things that were in my life and uh, the journey of manhood. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, as and even now, right, continue to learn about myself and you know, what God's exposed, uh, you know, um, opening up in my heart. Right. So a lot of things are changing. Um, in fact, I'm leaving my, my current agency and moving to another agency. So, um, to, uh, still government, but, you know, moving over to the DOD realm, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, things are changing for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah, that's my journey. And, you know, I got five kids and, uh, homeschooling crew. So it's kind of a busy time right now. You know, another kid off to college, I got my grandbaby here. Um, my daughter and her husband, my son-in-law are uh, living here in Indiana now. So it's a lot of blessings at this age and the stage of my life. Right. So it's, uh, life is good, you know, that's awesome. That's great. Father, would you like to take off with your, uh, Story, and then we'll come back sure. around to the Raymond and Michael. I'd be happy to. So my name is Father DiCarlo, uh, Christian DiCarlo. I'm a Catholic priest and uh, from born and raised in Indiana uh, in a town called Zionsville. And then um, been was baptized Catholic, uh, raised Catholic. And um, But it took a while for me to even be open to considering the priesthood. Uh, so I didn't start to think about it until a priest challenged me to consider that when I was in high school, sophomore year. And uh, just from then on, um, I was like, all right, I can think about that. And just that steady, slow progression of God um, speaking subtly, quietly in that journey to um, eventually say yes to Christ and, and um, that yes to go to the priesthood. Um, there's more in there in that story, but we'll save that for another day for, uh, then I went to seminary, uh, and I was in school in Minnesota and Maryland. And after I completed my first year of philosophy, um, that was when our vocation director told us that we were going on this trip. We didn't have a choice and I had no experience of anything in the backcountry uh, or tents or boots or anything. And uh, they told me I was going on wilderness outreach. I was like, what is that? And come to find out it's an incredible uh, outreach to help with um, young men coming into their faith and uh, just is a, 
as a way to encounter Christ in the wilderness and discovering who we are as Catholic men. So that was uh, my first trip was in the Domeland Wilderness in Southern California. And that was my first trip. I've now been on four trips and a trip actually with uh, all the men here tonight with Ray and Michael um, and obviously Mr. Bradford. So um, what these trips have meant for me is an encounter with, um, with Christ first through our masses in the wilderness. And uh, it's helped me to be um, first the seminarian and man uh, that I was uh, called to be in discovering the possibilities of, of this God-given masculinity. And then, um, you know, continuing in that discovery as I have uh, now been a priest. So two trips as a seminarian uh, and then two trips now as a priest. And um, I've loved being able to be a priest in wilderness outreach. Um, it's been a great gift. So, uh, so yeah, Father DiCarlo actually holds a record, at least one record. So the one record that he holds right now, he's actually the first and only priest who actually attended wilderness outreach as a seminarian and then became our chaplain. So it's amazing because we've had like 50 some priests that have been engaged in wilderness outreach, but Father Ricardo is holding the record for, so you can keep elbowing everybody out, right? Yes, so I sure don't, will. Don't let any of the new <laughs> priests come in. So, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's kind of cool. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Kind of going back to uh, uh, Raymond again there, and and this this goes back to the to the idea of John Eldridge and that that 2015. So there might be a little there's a little bit of discrepancy. It's either 2015 or 16, and I can't remember which one it is either right now. But uh, but anyway, uh, Raymond and Michael both came on that, and we read that book, The Way of the Wild Heart, and there were some interesting things that happened on that expedition uh some let's say epic man building type things that happened on that expedition so uh <clears throat> one of the things was a, uh, a couple of our guys got waylaid into the front country one of them got six and, a, and another one came in late and so we're a good 10 miles back in backpack journey in uh, you know, up a couple thousand feet. I think we started our backpack in about 7,000 feet, hiked the 10 miles in up to nine, 9,000, maybe 9,500 and, uh, uh, ended up that, uh, so these two guys that were coming in had no clue where we were. Right. So we had, to, we had to figure out, Oh, how are we going to get back out there and, uh, and get them back in. So I'd already kind of figured I'm going to have to go back out there and hike out there and hike back. Cause I just thought, well, I, that's something you got to do. You know, when you're a leader, you just got to suck it up and do what has to be done. And then uh, one of our young men that was with us, Eddie Frederick, Edward Frederick looked at me and he said, you're not doing that. And I said, I'm not. <laughs> so, so, which is kind of a cool thing because, that's what I actually look for from men, right? I want to see them step up. And it's like, to me, that's like, well, great. You know, well, fantastic. I'm like, okay, well, who's going to do it then? And, and, uh, and I think, uh, uh, Ray, I think you volunteered, but I was worried about you because I think your legs were hurting as I'm recalling. And at least, at least I, I assessed that maybe your legs were hurting you a little bit. So I was worried about you like hiking back out, which would be 10 miles and then back in, which would be 20, right. To help those guys get in. So I kind of, I think I vetoed that. And then I think Eddie uh, ended up uh, recruiting Michael to do that. And then the son of the, one of the men that was back. So Adam O'Connor, so Eddie recruited uh, Michael and Adam O'Connor to go pick up his dad and then Alex Kreitzer and find and bring them into camp. And uh, so, uh, so you guys did that. That was an epic day. I mean, cause you went down 10 miles, 2000 feet, met those guys at the trailhead, turned back around, hiked 10 miles, 10 miles back. So it was a 20 mile day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
You remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, yeah. We hiked in, and then I, you know, uh, you had also scheduled for us to pick up a lot of eight pound sledges. <laughs> so, so yeah, I remember that because that's where I I end up. I ended up tearing my, uh, I leaped off a rock and I tore a part, did a partial tear on my calf. And I was like, uh, so that was, that, uh, you know, stuck with me the, the rest of that journey uh, to Dave the Wilderness. So that was, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, it was, um, yeah, a little partial tear of the calf, you know, and mm. thank goodness for some uh, ibuprofen to. <laughs> but, good old vitamin I. <laughs> vitamin I. But yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. So, so while you guys were busy hiking out, uh, another group of us, which was Tom Shoalhammer and uh, mm. uh, William Dice and Father Hoover, ended up building the sanctuary. And then Ray and I, did, we we built something. So Ray and what were we building, Raymond? Let's talk about that a little bit. We got into uh, the latrine, <laughs> which. Uh, we had to be dug deep. We're looking at, you know, two feet wide, you know, eight feet, you know, long, you know, three, four feet deep. And so that was when, um, when something pretty happened on the trip for myself. I had a pick Maddox, and we were, John and I were talking about our fathers, and, um, we we're just digging away and hammering away and swinging the pigmatics and and so uh, I ended up swinging that pigmatics pretty hard and piton into a rock and just completely uh, smashed you know broke the head off of the of the tool. John kind of looked at John's like, well, what now? He's like, well, guess you can go back. I guess go back and get another one. I said, okay. And so I went back to get another one and um, and I had this uh, had a moment. You know, it was like a Holy Spirit moment uh, where I found myself, um, like, you know, saw myself forgiving my father for for some things that happened in my childhood. Um, and during that trip, that trip was profound because it, it, it changed my life because, I mean, I was going out to the mountains, uh, almost demanding from God to give me some answers about my life and what was going on. Um, and I was, I was, I was tired of like kind of carrying this burden around, um, and being angry at my father and this father wound, like abandonment wound. And, um, so I had this moment, okay. I'm leaning against this tree. I'm going to get the pigmatic, the, 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 the tool. And, and it's like me, like with my dad forgiving him. Um, and so went back at the tool, came back, talked to John and I, I've shared it with him and we talked about it for a bit and. And then it kind of went by the wayside. Um, and so that trip, um, there were a few other men there that, you know, I think every, most, every man has, um, and so, uh, some sort some form or fashion. Um, so we, we had a lot of discussion about this during this trip. And it brought up a lot, um, and a lot of healing with that too. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting trip because for the most part, every man there, maybe accepting one or two, were dealing with that father wound issue that Eldridge addresses in Wild at Heart, Wild at Heart. And it really came out then too, I think. And that was, uh, and that was sort of an unplanned thing, right? Just sort of happened that way. And uh, a lot of men were sharing that, that, journey in life you know with their fathers and uh and uh yeah i think there was some there was some exposing of wounds and some healing of wounds that took place during that that time period and you never quite know what's going to happen on a trip yeah <laughs> yeah the gifts the conversations the um just who all is there is so unique and how Holy Spirit brings who is meant to be on that trip together um, for that time and that whatever that God wanted to make happen. Um, it's it's incredible to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, every trip is that 
every trip is definitely different, right? The crew, the makeup, and even some of the, you know, being on the, with the, some of the same guys on a different trip in a different area, right? Just the dynamics. I mean, hearing that last one with you guys, the helicopter coming in, I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I thought we had planes, trains, and automobiles and, and the <laughs> dome land. And then the, you guys do it. Helicopters the last one. <laughs> 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 so I was like, what's next? You know. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a special moment. Yeah. 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 Michael's talking about one of our men. Uh I think he basically had altitude sickness and uh coming out of the flatlands here and he ended up contracting a really high fever. And I was like, I'll give him 24 hours to get it you know get straight in your way here but it never happened so uh, he was actually in there for 48 hours and he was he was running like 103 and a half temperature and i said that's it so I had to call in the call in the uh helicopter come and lift him up out of there so he could get get into a hospital and get some fluids in him so he turned out okay but yeah that was a, that was a first that was a first yeah yeah, the other thing too, uh, what was interesting about that long hike of, that you made with Eddie and and Adam O'Connor, um, that that whole story about them, which was kind of interesting, because I, I was kind of inferring that there was a couple guys there that maybe didn't have father wounds, but you kind of wonder, right? So uh, when uh, uh, Jim O'Connor, the father. He was one one of the men that you hiked out to get and bring him back in. And then so he's and he's expecting me or who knows, maybe any number of guys, but his son's there. So Adam hikes all the way out to meet his father and then hikes all the way back. And his dad later told me, he said, I was so shocked when I saw him. I never thought he would have done that or he could have done it. And he said, on this expedition, I passed the baton of manhood to my son. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, mm -hmm. that's, that was huge. Right. So, I mean, he, so as a father, he was like, you know, it really moved him really, mm -hmm. uh, really did something to him there. Cause I think he kind of thought, well, maybe my son, you know, is a little soft or whatever, but here, yeah, he manned up. Right. And it was kind of cool because, uh, and, and these trips do that to you because, we're all, you know, what's that, what's that big question that Eldridge asks in his book that he said, what's the secret fear that every man has? What's that question? Yeah. Do I have it? Do I have what it takes? What? Do I have what it takes? And that's so amazing. Cause I remember when I read Eldridge's book and I read that, I thought, I'm, I thought I was the only coward on in the world and I was, and I was hiding it. Right. And then when he writes that in the book, I was like, oh, oh, my, he's speaking to something there that truly in my heart, mm -hmm. you know, like when the when the the bad stuff hits the fan, when it's really comes down to standing your ground and doing what you have to do as a man, do I have what it takes? Am I going to be able to do it right? That's that's that secret fear that all men have. That's that thing that he spoke in that book, which is so true. And, uh, yeah, 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 it come, that really kind of, so that comes out, I think for every man in one way or the other, that, that, uh, it puts you outside your comfort zone and, and, uh, but in a, in a safe outside the comfort zone in a way. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's dangerous, but it is, it's not like, it's not life threatening dangerous yeah. on a wilderness outreach. Trip. Right. Right. It's it, yeah. you get, you get pushed. Uh, so that idea of comfort zone, growth zone, and then danger zone is like a concentric circle. And, um, you know, wilderness outreach pushes you. And I think that's one of the beauties of it because you get in the wilderness. Um, sometimes uh, things happen. And I'll, I can share a brief story here uh, just from my own wilderness outreach injury. And, um, and then being able to recognize you see the wall, you hit the wall. And you experience, okay, I don't have a choice. I have to push through this uh, because there's no other option. Home is forever away. I have to take, um, I have to get picked up by the forest service, then get on the train, then to get on the airport, 
and somehow you know, it, there's just so many details. There's no other option except to push forward. And so on my second trip, I had an opportunity. Um, we were in, uh, was it the, oh, yeah, Ansel Adams Wilderness, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were doing rock work, which was so cool. And I was just having a, a rough first day. And Mr. Bradford said, why don't you come work with me? It's like, okay, that sounds good. Come to find out, you work with him, then you then you get the hard work. And so I'm digging out <laughs> this uh, rock to clear the trail, and I bust my finger between the rock and the handle of the tool and, and bust my fingernail off. You know, at home, that's not a big deal. In the wilderness, it puts you down for a little bit. Uh, you're not able to really work much, and um, eventually was able to get back into that. But uh, I was sitting there, I just had my finger up, hanging out um, everyone thought i had a question especially all the priests and homilies. so i was just hanging out nope just, just hold my finger up uh, but for me that was a good experience of okay i hit the wall and but i was able to push through uh dig a little deeper uh be supported by the brothers on the trip and at that time that was a seminarian trip um and the encouragement from Mr. Bradford, and we were able to just have that experience of, okay, no, this is good. There is this uh, God-given strength, and um, and that's the thing that I can remember and go back to of, um, and, and down in, in the front country and in day-to-day -day life of tap back into that, remembering those moments that, yeah, there is that that strength. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was another uh story in there in that 2015-16 uh, uh, expedition up in the same place like where Father DiCarlo uh, came. We were right up above there. Uh, so uh, Father DiCarlo's group, we were working on a trail in the Ansel Adams below where we ended up hiking up further up into that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that higher lake area. And that's where our base camp was down on that creek. But there was a, a man that um, came from the Forest Service. There was a man of God sent from the Forest Service. <laughs> but he was going to come in and he was going to tra train us up and leave no trace. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. But uh, he's like, uh, well, I need a couple hours to, of training for you guys. And I said, you got one half hour during lunch. That's <laughs> all you get. It's like, it's like we, we got work to do, man. We're not like talking about how <laughs> it's like you got so much done. And then he, he decided he was going to stick around with us a little bit. And it was all rock work again. So we we punished Michael and put him with Michael for a whole day or so. <laughs> Michael deal with him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, yeah, he was, a, yeah, he was, uh, was a bad individual. Um, yeah. He was, he was, you know, decent. Uh, it was good to work with him. Cause he was, he's like, he had all these questions like, so how long have you guys been doing this? And how did, how did you guys learn how to do those, all this? And I'm like, I'm just like point over John, like John's teaching us everything. <laughs> it's like How's everything we know. <laughs> he's like, um, he's like, you know, where did you guys learn all this stuff? And I was like, I don't, you know, John's been teaching us everything. <laughs> so, and so, yeah, that was that was interesting because I was I was doing I was Mike I was making a lot of gravel. <laughs> yes, you yeah. were. You were pounding a lot of rocks up there with him, and it was kind of neat, like coming up out of that camp every day. We were. Uh, praying the rosary so our shortcut up out of that camp was really straight uphill and we started praying the rosary right out and we were just sucking air just all the way along, up sure. and then up on he was he was camped up above us somewhere so we would pick him up mm. he'd get in line with us and we'd just keep praying the rosary and keep hiking yeah he was uh, yeah he was camped up at the uh, at the lake yeah 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 that so was that, that beautiful lake Mary's huffing Hail Mary's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And trying to breathe, trying to get mountain high yeah. altitude. Right. Yeah, right. I remember that moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so 
So yeah, yeah. So so and then uh, I think then uh, on on Father uh, De Carlo's first expedition with us here when he he did his first uh, chaplain expedition with us, which was in Wyoming. It was two years ago. Two years. Two years ago. Twenty twenty. Yeah, in twenty twenty. And that was a little different because we're driving into base camp that's right on the edge of the wilderness. So, Michael, uh, uh, so it's very similar to what we did last year in Wyoming. We we're, but it's a little, it's a little different because where we were camped and where Father Hasser, or Father, excuse me, Father DiCarlo came with us was uh, was really secluded from everybody. Uh, and then we were we were hiking down the creek. Now it was called Devil's Gate Creek, and we were hiking down it every day, clearing trail all the way down. And we ended up going all the way down to uh, Douglas Creek, where it intersected Douglas yep. Creek. And what was amazing about that on the last day of work, we ran into this amazing just amount snarl. of a snarl. Uh, yeah, not, it just logs Dying every which way, it. right? incredible yeah it's like okay okay there you go that's our last day's work but it was pretty cool because we really nailed it right oh yeah we got the whole thing cleared out it was just it was an amazing piece of work and then and then but every day there again i think either coming or going i think we're praying rosie or in the morning Mm -hmm. to work right or something Mm -hmm. like that and then coming back were you on that one ray yeah yeah that was uh yeah because i think yeah because then you didn't you get the uh the world war on that one he he did yeah. he did after years yeah. of years of trying he finally just <laughs> <laughs> shut down you know <laughs> argument i know a little bit about <laughs> it conquer hell's gate uh, yep. it, it, faithful yeah, and conquer devil's gate brilliant really yep. that was good stuff but there was there was really something else that happened up in there that was one of those Holy Spirit type moments. Um, when we were uh, the first day that we were in camp, we we had to build our sanctuary and latrine. But anyway, we were, so we we were hunting around. Father was uh, up on the hillside with some guys looking for an area for. Uh, for a sanctuary and it was kind of a hard place to find something wasn't it so we're up there kind of messing around or on this hillside it's kind of you know in that area there's just like there's so many lodgepole pines laying every which way it was all littered and, and it's kind of hard to find a place and uh so i came up in there and started looking around so i keep getting pulled to we got to go up on top mm-hmm. get higher so i started moving up to the top and all of a sudden i realized oh, wait a minute there's a there's this little uh promontory up there with rocks and everything so it was actually wow this is really neat and it was facing to the east yes it was so it was actually ended up being a really cool place and with lots of rocks and uh and so we yeah we got up there and i think uh steve ford and john callahan went to work splitting a log to make the mensa which was really neat. So they, so cool. yeah, they split and sawed the, the mensa. And then we found all this rock and built the, uh, built the altar and then set, you know, built rocks, steps and stuff or, or, or seats to sit on and everything did quite a bit of work up there and, uh, came back down and, uh, so we had we had driven down this gnarly road where we actually had to get out and saw logs to get the trucks in because they kept falling down and it was really narrow and it was rocky. So we're sitting in there and it's on the edge of this meadow and all of a sudden this truck comes rolling in to the meadow and it's like I'm looking at it and guys are looking at it and it's like well it looks like it's got it's full of people like there's. Like it was a family. It was a family, right? So, but it was and two. It was it was there. a man, his wife, maybe his sister-in-law, and then a couple kids, mm-hmm. and then two dogs, all in this truck. And so they get out and they come over and they say, uh, "Hey, who? Are you, what are you guys doing?" We say, "Well, we're wilderness outreach and Catholic men's group, fixing up the trails." And I said, "Really? You're kidding, right?" And uh, 
we said no. And then, and then the woman said, that's amazing. She grew up Catholic. I mm-hmm. think she said, I grew up Catholic and my mother's a Catholic and she's sort of upset with us that, you know, we're not back in the church now. I mean, Something I can't like remember that. the whole story as it was going. And then they said, we're coming down here to visit where we buried my brother's ashes. And he had committed suicide, I believe. Mm. Is that correct? I think so. And I said, one of us said, well, where is it? Where is he buried? And they said, well, he's up on this hill on this promontory up over the top of us here. And I said, up there where the rocks are? Yeah, that's the spot. (laughs) So it just so happened and it was pretty amazing because we were up there moving rocks and doing everything, but his, they had this little, what would you call it? Almost like a, just a little, um, a rock type of a little thing they set apart, you know, it was just some rocks that they had put together to a little memorial, uh, for, for him. Yeah. Up there, a little, little small tree that started growing and yeah, it was just, but it was right, right in the middle of where we were building our sanctuary, and we never saw it, and we didn't disturb we didn't touch it. it. It never got disturbed, even though we were walking all over it and carrying rocks all over the place. And so they went up there, and then they came back, and we had built, and they came back, and they were stunned. They said, you guys built like a sanctuary and an altar up there, and, and I didn't know. I thought maybe they'd be angry or something, and they were actually, yeah. she was so pleased. And, mm-hmm. and then ended up, uh, she, I think, she, you know, she ended up saying, well, we'd like to go to mass up there, mm-hmm. right? So father had a, you know, a little sidebar conversation with him. And yeah, and then we ended up uh, going up and having mass for the repose of his soul. So able to, to pray for him and rest in peace. So and they were able to join us and, it, and with all our guys and uh, on the trip. And it was a very unique unique time a good experience for them i think good experience with the church and yeah it was great yeah that was such a beautiful moment it really was i remember that family and the joy they felt the peace um and god's grace i felt like just was like bestowed upon them you know they were like Mm -hmm. so grateful for the work you were doing uh and those are those types of moments like you were talking about father that happen on these trips, you end up meeting these people and having, and having uh, a mm-hmm. moment. Um, it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's the witness, isn't it? It's, and it's, and it's like, it's the work of the Holy spirit. Like it's you, mm-hmm. when you get in that situation, it's like, we're not in control of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, things are happening that are just beyond our, you know, beyond our understanding, you might say. So it's, uh, yeah. And our planning. Like, yeah, we could have never even schemed yeah. up something like no, that. No, no. It's uh, just amazing <laughs> how God brings all those people together. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, got a couple questions here. Multiple choice. It's not essay. <laughs> so, uh what do you got? So, uh, what are your memories about Wild at Heart or the way of the Wild Heart when you think of that? We'll just start with Michael. Um, what do you remember from those one, one or both of those books that you're carrying with you still? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one here, I, I dug it out cause I have a, uh, two copies and then, uh, the one of course I have marked up from the trip. And, uh, I think for me was, you know, I think what I like about Eldridge, he brings in a lot of this, he brings in a lot of different elements. He likes his, you know, little, movie, he brings in his little movie things. And, uh, but then like, I think, I think in the beginning of the book, he talks about, he, he made an analogy about the bears, right. And the bear, like, following the bear tracks and then like, you know, there's, why don't we have something right in our culture and our society that men can say, this is the path, right? This is the path you take. This is the, and then I just love it. I just love every step, right. From the cowboy to the warrior to the, uh, you know, 
to the king, right? And and so you kind of, I think for me, it's you know, you know, for me, it is growing up with the various you know warrior you know, mentality and very warrior culture. Obviously, for me, it hit home in a lot of ways, you know. Um, but then you it's you kind of realize in a lot of ways when he talks about people who become warriors without having gone through some previous stages, right? And so. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really have some of that, you know, I didn't a lot, I didn't have a lot of it. So I, you know, I went into the military, um, obviously it was a group of boy scouts. So I got a lot of that, but I didn't have that father figure, right. Um, influence. Um, I mean, I had my surrogates, you know, and, and the leaders, but, uh, I think for me, the book at home, a lot of ways, and just, just think of like, you know, sometimes if you miss some of those stages, you know, you need to kind of go back and, you know, to some degree, right. There's, but there's something about that, you know, that following that path. Right. So now I'm at a different stage, you know, you know, I'm not saying I'm in the state, I'm, I'm in the sage, sage state, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's definitely entering a different era now becoming a grandfather and, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, so it's, for me, it was like this kind of a path. Right. And you kind of go, yeah, having a, as a warrior, having a cause to fight for, right. A beauty to win over. And um, yeah, I, I just hit home in a lot of different ways, right. Cause you know, from boy scouts to my military, to entering the seminary for a short bit to, you know, getting married and, uh, and, and doing what I do now. And yeah, it's, uh, it's been, a, it's been, it just really hit home in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. But for sure. So I just love the way he capsulated because it just makes sense, right? Um, especially in the way of the wild heart, you know. That for me, that hits uh, more home than me than say his uh, the wild the wild at heart. But uh, just because I just love those those stages, they seem very distinct, but just some somehow authentic to who we are as humans, right? Yeah. And but yeah, for sure. Father. So when I, when I first read the books, um, I've read both of them, Wild at Heart and Way of the Wild Heart. And um, I think just having a schema, um, granted, I'm the youngest one on the show tonight, so, and read them a little while ago. So it's just being more on the earlier side of those stages, um, being able to see what the journey looks like, what the path is, uh, what the destinations are. Um, and just kind of wrestling with those ideas and, and um, discovering who I am uh, in the presence of Christ as um, a man on the journey, um, trying to discover who I am um, and doing that in, in community and uh, doing that with others um, and sometimes lacking others. Um, but then from a group in high school um, that was the Knights of the Holy Temple, uh, that was a huge element of really the first time I had real Catholic brothers uh, that helped me uh, and challenged me in my faith that I, that I, yeah, it, everything just clicked. Uh, and a lot of those men I was in high school with in, in this high school serving group uh, for mass are, are priests now. Uh, and we're, you know, we have a new brotherhood. Uh, that we're that we're a part of together. That's been um, a great gift. Mm -hmm. So, um, and now being a, a father as a priest, uh, that's added a whole new dimension of mm -hmm. uh, learning what that means and, and what that looks like, and mm -hmm. finding those um, good men, good fathers uh, in the priesthood, as well as uh, good laymen that uh, to share life with and be challenged by. Um, has been has also been a great gift uh, in life, so it's been really good. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful for for Eldridge and, and just having that schema mm -hmm. of laying out those different yeah. stages. Right. I like the process. I like yeah. knowing the the waypoints mm -hmm. on the map. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, that book. I mean, well, the books, but. They both, like, sometimes books come into your life, like, right at the right time. And I, I really, I do sense that the Wild at Heart came, you know, early on in the stages where I was, like, seeking, seeking the battle, the adventure, you know, before, before the beauty. 
you know, it, trying, I was already in the, in the, the grass. So like, I felt like God was taking my, my, my heart and just like molding it and pulling me out into the mountains, um, out in Colorado, out in the Appalachian mountains, um, out East and, um, just tugging on me, you know, like just forming me. Um, and with that being said, I was already kind of like in the midst of the battle, um, trying to become, figure out what I was going to be doing with my life. Um, always serving, working with people, working with at-risk youth, uh, adults with disabilities, just different types of, of things that were happening in my life. Um, and I was engaged. I was like, right up in the mix of it. So that book just came right at the right time in that part of my life in like 2004 or five. And then here we are 2015 and now 2022. It's like that book, I've I, I reached back just recently and, and, and started reading it again. And all these things were coming up. It was speaking mm -hmm. to me um, in a different way, in the same way, but in a different way. And it made me look back on my life uh, and really have kind of a, a review of like, wow, look, look what's happened. Look, look what God has done in my life up till now. And I'm completely just blown away um, by that. And there's a lot of work still to do. Um, and I think what comes to my mind, I mean, I know we talk about this a lot, but it, it comes up with, with that book in general. It's like the Thoreau quote, like 150 plus years ago. Uh, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. There's a lot of men out there right now that are, that are desperately seeking something like wilderness outreach or seeking a, a battle to fight, an adventure to have. And that's what it did to me. I was, I was seeking, I needed that. And then God just led me right, right to mm -hmm. John and then right into this huge life adventure and shift. Yeah, that, uh, so the, the Eldridge book for me, it was kind of interesting because I had started Wilderness Outreach before I had read John Eldridge. And, uh, but not too much before. So uh, what an interesting story about that is that uh, uh, we had done our first expedition in 2007 with Father Kelly and we were out in the John Muir wilderness, uh, not too far from where we were, where we had the helicopter uh, Michael Arnold out. Uh, we we're down below there you know, doing all this rock work. And it was the very first expedition. And it was just like we went in there and the Forest Service guy said, there's no way you're going to get this job done. There's too much work to do. <laughs> and it's like challenge. And, accepted. Yeah, and, and, but, he, you know, he said that he said that because he meant it and he wasn't trying to. Ch I mean, it wasn't like he was challenging this. He says, there's just too much work to do. You know, we got a crew of like 12 guys here. We need, we're going to need two weeks to do this work. And it's like, so we got all these young guys from St. Paul's outreach. And it's like, we just got, got, got busy, man. Started hauling rocks and moving rocks and cutting rocks and, mm -hmm. and placing rocks and pounding rocks. And, and it's like the forest service guy was like, wow, these guys. And so we actually worked, and got the job done and we had a day to spare with nothing to do so that's when we we hiked to the top of the of the pass so on mm. that on that last day we hiked up uh two to three thousand well let's see we hiked from roughly we actually hiked up about probably at least three thousand feet in elevation wow. to the top of the pass which was at eleven thousand feet and it was probably eight miles up so that last day we hiked up eight miles you know, three, 4,000 feet in elevation and hike back down. And it was glorious, right? I'm it was, sure it was, it was glorious. It was wonderful. Yeah. It was just like, uh, and, uh, uh, but after that was over, then that's when I really started talking to guys about it. And uh, we were trying to set up our next expedition for the next year. And we needed a priest. And uh, there was uh, a priest locally that said, I'll take it. 
and then he ended up getting a hernia and had to bail on us. And so we were desperately looking for a priest um, to, to take that second expedition the next year back into that same, into a different area. We're going to go into New Mexico. And so uh, our vocations director at the time, he, I called him up and he said, there's three, there's three priests. I'll give you their names. So he gave me one man's name and, uh, and then he gave me the name of uh, Father William Hahn, who's our vocations director now. And then he gave me a name of this guy out of uh, the Lafayette Diocese, Father Brian Dorr. I know him well. <laughs> so anyway, uh, interesting story. I called both Father Hahn and and I called the one, the all three priests. One guy said, no, I can't do it. And then Father Hahn was like, I think I called Father Door next, and he, and it was kind of one of those things. Father Door is a hard man to get hold of, as as Father DiCarlo would tell you. But I called him and left him a message. I think he called me back in like ten minutes, which is like that's like speed of light. And he said, "Who are you, and what is this you're talking about?" You know, and I said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna group of men. We're going into the back country. It's gonna be like this adventure, hard work." And he said, "I want to do that. You have to postpone it." And I said, we can't postpone it. We got our, we got our, we got our tickets and everything. And uh, we're flying in We're we got to do this. And he said, well, I'm coming through Columbus next week. I'm going to stop and see you. And I said, all right. And uh, so anyway, he stopped and, uh, and we met for the first time. So he came because he was heading over to Mount St. Mary's to mm -hmm. visit some of the seminarians and had a great first meeting together and he brought this name of this book up that I had already heard two other times before. So one of them was from Father Wilson. When he heard what we were doing, he said, well, have you ever read John Eldridge? And I said, no. And then when I reached out to, with Father, uh, our vocations director, he said, well, this Han, this Father Han, he loves this John Eldridge guy. And I said, you know, I was like, well, who's John Eldridge, right? And then when Father Dorr comes in, he says, have you ever read John Eldridge? And I one, said, two, three. so there it is. There's the third one. I said, no, but I guess I should. So, uh, yeah, I ended up reading John Eldridge, and it was pretty amazing. Um, I, and, and, again, there were things there that he talked about and the way that he talked about it. And it's like I was being uncovered my hidden life of a man, my fears and everything that I'd had, he was talking about it and he knew what they were because he had the same thing. And it was, it was pretty darn powerful because of that. And I think that the way, and it was interesting. So uh, when I, when a year went by and father door finally brought a whole crew of guys from Lafayette, we went out into New Mexico and did some really great work. If you go to the website and, and go to uh, uh, the, the the story part of the website, wildernessoutreach.net, and you look for uh, a story in there called, I think it's called uh, 28 Miles and 180 Pounds. And it's, that's that story on that first expedition that Father hmm. Dorr did there. And it was an amazing story, if you want to re read a great story. But anyway, I ran into Father Dorr before we came out there, he said, well, did you ever read John Eldridge's book? And I said, yeah, I read the wild at heart. And he said, that's not the one I told you. I said, it's the way of the wild heart. <laughs> so I said, oh, you got another one. And he said, yeah, you got to read that one. It's a better book. <laughs> so anyway, we ended up, uh, that is a good book. And it, and it talks a lot about, you know, those six stages of manhood, which is, a, is that what's, you really like that father, cause mm -hmm. it's a process mm -hmm. and it gives you, and I think Michael, you were talking about and you as Ray as well, but you, you start out as like these six stages of manhood that start at boyhood and then it moves to cowboy. And I think his next stage is warrior maybe. And then lover, king and sage right and it really makes sense the way and it's a great formational idea and you know and his theory is that you have to be formed as a man you have to be formed intentionally formed to be able to successfully move from one stage to the next and that's where the father is so important to forming the son you have to you have to form that um, that man 
and 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 where the wounds come from is when our fathers don't know how to do that or they end up leaving and bailing on us or whatever right and then we end up with this this void in our hearts right that we didn't get to grow in those different stages so and that's where the the father wound really comes from and uh yeah yeah it's a powerful book uh, the other thing i'd say about eldridge is that after reading him and i do agree to i think that i think the wild at heart is kind of a a storybook it's a book of poetry almost right mm -hmm. so it's a good story it's a good kind of a just kind of a call to action without a lot of structure to it other than he says that you know men are built for adventure battle and the pursuit of beauty and and that's true but in the way of the sure. wild heart he's really given us a structure of how we move from mm -hmm. boyhood to 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 virtuous manhood you know what what we have to do and how we have to form ourselves or be formed by others. So, but uh, reading Eldridge left me wanting more. And I, and I think this is, this would speak to uh, the reason why I'm truly Catholic, even though I'm a convert like Michael, uh, I'm a convert because there's something deeper that I want to know because I'm Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so when I read Eldridge and just for instance, with, especially the wild at heart when he says a man is built for the pursuit of, of adventure, engaging in a good battle and then pursuing beauty. I knew that was right. It felt right. But the Catholic man in me says, why? Why is that true? And that that's really what so it made me want to think there's more. I want to know more. I want to know why that's true. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that kind of projected me on this whole deep, more deeply into this whole kind of trying to discover the theology of masculine spirituality. What is the telos of the man creature that makes us like that? Right. And why does it? You know, what's the scientific and the scriptural connection there that turn that that does make us like that. <laughs> you reminded me when you were talking about um, the formation of man and the steps that Eldridge lays out there. He also has the book Fathered by God. And that one spoke to me too in a lot of ways. It's another good read that, that can kind of interplay into that. Um, for Especially for men, I think, with father wounds. So then another good piece there where God is kind of, you know, his, his role in the formation there beyond the human, your human father. And so it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to so check it out if you get a chance. Hmm. Yeah, there is that, that you're, I, I agree with this. It does, I guess, for, well, for me and my journey into the church, right, I just, I guess I've never stopped. There's always this chasing, and I mean, even now, like right now, what uh, I'm on this beauty bent, right? And this transcendental, you know, because, mm -hmm. and I'm seeing it now pop up a lot in terms of evangelization of church and evangelizing through beauty. And, you know, I know Father Rottenauer, Rittenauer, did I see his name right? I'm probably been watching it, but, you know, we we're talking about like, you know, how are we attracting people? You know, we talk about obviously, he talks about, you know, finding the or winning the beauty and, uh, you know, obviously he's usually referring to um, women, but, uh, you know, there's also that attraction to God and the, the beauty of God, and, you know, God who is beauty. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this, it's, it's still a journey, right? This, this winning, <laughs> chasing after the beauty. And, and there's just something about man that's attracted um, and they don't know why. And so you kind of, and that's where I'm at now, like this whole, reading all these philosophical works on beauty. And it's, uh, it's quite a... <laughs> Um, yeah, it can be a lot. Yeah. I think just that idea of, of mystery. Yeah. The mystery of God, mm -hmm. uh, mysteries of faith. Uh, it's not like a Sherlock Holmes thing where we have mm -hmm. to put all the pieces and clues together and then it's like, voila, that's the killer or that's the answer or, um, you know, like mm -hmm. the clue board game. But, you know, these are mysteries of faith and they're from God. And so there's always going to be more to learn. Um, but, not as a discouraging negative side of that, 
uh, I'd see that as a positive thing that we just as an example, we we unpack the rest of our lives. What happens at our baptism? You know, that mystery of our faith, we learn more and more every day what it means that we are sons of God. Um, and we unpack that and these mysteries or whether it's the beauty of God, um, seeing all the different facets and uh, the different ways that he expresses himself and what he was able to create and finding him in all those moments. And so these mysteries are something that we can continue to dive into and will will continue to dive into uh, in eternity. That sounds good to me. Sign me up. <laughs> A continual adventure into the discovery of the mystery of God's universe. Amen. Couldn't get any better than that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've come to the end of an hour, man. And uh, thanks. Thanks, Raymond and uh, Michael and Thank you. Father DiCarlo for joining, joining us tonight. Uh, kind of looking into the future, I'm thinking that uh, we need to have more um, interactive type uh, shows like this. I'm thinking of uh, getting some Q&A type things going. So uh, like Vince is showing up every every week, Vince Brewster from, from Nashville. Do you remember Vince Raymond? He was down there with us with the sisters. He's been there with us twice now with the sisters down there and uh, out there in Dixon helping helping out in their, their retreat uh, facility out there. So Vince has been showing up every week. He's, he's uh, uh, but uh, yeah. And, yeah. But anyway, uh, thank you, Vince. He says, time well spent. Thanks, guys. And it's men like Vince that... Uh, and uh, ladies like Lori that uh, tune in and appreciate what we're talking about. So, uh, so we'll think we'll uh, kind of catch up next week. Uh, well, it'll be a surprise next week because I haven't figured out what we're going to talk about next week. But we'll be back. Mancast will be back. Uh, we'll be uh, once again. We have a couple events coming up here in the near future. Thank you, Lori. And um, so we'll be uh, we'll be having our uh, work weekend at the Martin DePore's uh, retreat, retreat house. in I think that's December 9th through the 11th. And then we're going to do the Advent hike at Clear Creek Metro Park on December 17th. In January, we're going to do, we're going to do, uh, we're going to see if we all have what it takes. We're going to do a, a, a man weekend down in uh, Tar Hollow and uh, see if we can handle the January winter that's going to be thrown at us there. Get out and do nice. some hiking and trail work. We're going to pull some men down from the, uh, uh, the Newman Center at uh, Ohio State University. And, uh, and then also uh, the men of Ohio State University are going to end up, we're going we're gonna to put a, an expedition together with them. We're, going, we're heading to the Rogue River in, in Oregon mm. in May. And uh, oh, so Father Schreiberger and, uh, and awesome. a bunch of men. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to work on the Rogue River Trail in Oregon. So that's going to be sweet. Uh, before that comes up, of course, we'll have Carry the Cross on Holy Saturday where we'll get together and hundred plus men. And we're going to hike those uh, six hours and 12, 14 miles down in, uh, uh, down in uh, Tar Hollow and uh, pray the stations of the cross. That's always a great uh, masculine journey that we have there. So we've had what I think the most men we've had down there is probably 130 men before. And we're always averaging around a hundred and maybe we'll get uh, father Earl Fernandez or uh, Bishop Earl Fernandez to come down and, uh, and do morning prayer with us. So that'd be, that'd be sweet. And, yeah. That'd uh, be awesome. Yeah. Good deal. So um, other than that, uh, go to YouTube, like us, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, check out wildernessoutreach.net, read our stories and, uh, and uh, just thank everybody for showing up and uh, and letting us share our lives of uh, men trying to become saints. So, Father, would you close us out with a uh, prayer, please? Be happy to.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in our life, your, your love for us, and may we continue to be open to you, to open to this adventure of life, to diving into these mysteries of our faith, the mysteries of who we are, the mysteries of who you are, and of our Lord Jesus Christ and his love for us and dying on the cross so that we may come to new life and be restored and um, be fully alive in you as you promise us in um, uh, your words. And as John tells us in 1010, uh, that you have come, that we may have life and life in abundance. May we be filled with this life tonight and uh, all these upcoming days to encounter you and be the light for the world. We ask all this in Christ. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.